The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk a little bit about building a business the right way. Joining us is Patch Baker, who is the CEO of Mobius Media Solutions, which is a marketing company that Patch uses to build the brands across the 41 companies that are privately held and owned by him that cover financial services, SaaS, and e-commerce. Patch is an entrepreneur at heart. He's got an amazing story. And today, Patch and I are going to talk about why niching down is a bad idea. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Patch Baker, the CEO of Mobius Media Solutions. Patch, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Hey, man. How are you? Good to be here. I'm good. Honestly, it's been a little bit of a weird day. How are things with you? Weird days happen, man. That that means that you're actually not uh, stagnant in one spot. I don't want to bring the negativity to anybody listening to this. And by the time this episode is published, it'll be four to six weeks after the day that we actually recorded. But have you ever read the book, The No Good, Terrible, Very Bad Day? No. All right. There's a kid's book where a kid wakes up and he gets gum in his hair and then somebody else gets the toy in the cereal and he steps in mud and his best friend tells him he doesn't like him anymore. And he just says, forget it. I'm moving to Australia. And I woke up this morning to screaming children, a cold shower, at a doctor's appointment that they said I showed up late to, which I showed up at the time on my calendar. They confirmed that I have to go have surgery. And then I had two people flake on me. Patch, you're the first meeting I've had all day long where somebody showed up on time. And then I got here and I did not have an introduction written for you. Can I just tell you, Patch, this conversation is the highlight of my day and I appreciate you coming on the podcast and let's turn it around from here. I'll tell you what, I hope I don't let you down. I hope it's amazing. So, Patch, you've got kind of an amazing story, and I did a little research on who you were when you submitted your speaker application, but I think a big part of your story is how you got here today. Before we get into the marketing stuff, the business stuff, tell us a little bit about your background. Set the stage about who Patch Baker is and why you're in front of us today. Well, I started my career out in the military and then I really fell on my face after the military. And it took me a long time to figure out why that actually happened. But I think it's just because everything in the military, you have a technical manual on the wall to tell you how to do anything you want to do, whether it's start a Humvee or fly a jet or put on your uniform or stand in formation. And I think a lot of veterans struggle with that because when you go to the real world, the civilian world, 
air quotes there. Not everybody can see them, but there are fingers in the air. Yeah. There's no manual on how to do it. There's no manual on how to start a business. And most of the most famous business books that I've read, they're very antiquated. They're very old and a lot of worn out, outdated ideology about how to run a successful business. And that really kind of led me to figure out how to relate the things that I learned in the military over to business. And once I got the hang of that, Everything got a lot easier for me. We come from the opposite ends of the spectrum. You were in a very regimented environment where people are armed, probably yelling a lot, telling you what to do, and you just got to fall in line and do what they say, not question orders. That's right. And I'm from a liberal household in the suburbs of San Francisco and never picked up a gun or an arm or a bow. I've been in one fight in my life. It was in high school. And... I always was given the opportunity to sort of figure things out myself, which led me into this path of entrepreneurship and somehow made me a talking head on a podcast. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that there are more processes in place that you need to follow to be successful. And creativity was something that I was not necessarily coached into, but led to believe was something that I should cultivate. And it seems like you're coming from the opposite end of the spectrum where a little bit of the creativity was taken out and now you're learning how to do that. I think it even goes deeper than that. I mean, that on the surface, that's one way to look at it. But I think it goes deeper than that. For example, one thing that you probably have that I just wasn't brought up with is individuality. Just being able to do things on your own and just bringing your thoughts to reality. Whereas I kind of grew up with, I need a team. I need a team. I got to support the team. The team's got to support me. Like everything's a team. Everything's got to be said in a way that an entire team can understand what the mission is and how to get to goal completion and all that kind of stuff. So when I first started out as an entrepreneur, I didn't have a team. And that was just a weird spot to start off with because even I went to military academy before I went to the Marine Corps. So I've learned about teams and I wrestled and I played football. So like my whole formative years of eight to 17, when I joined the Marine Corps, like all that was team. And then I joined the Marine Corps and all that was team. And I didn't even have to source the team. Like the team was given to me, <laughs> you know, I was kind of added to the team. So when I became an entrepreneur and I had to build my own team, it was like, I didn't even know where to start. I don't know how to hire people. I don't know where to go find people. It was kind of like being handicapped in a weird way. The thing that pulled me through it was when I found those first couple of people, I knew how to organize them in a way to get a known result or to drive to mission completion. So there's pros and cons of both ways, but depending on how far you lean into each one of those things, you can be successful. I hear you. So you've gone from being in the military, a regimented environment, having a team handed to you and needing to lead or participate in that team to a place where there is no guidebook or handbook and you've been incredibly successful. You've launched 41 companies. So either you're crazy or you're doing something right. Talk to me a little bit about the companies that you're launching and how did you decide to go through the process of creating that many different companies? In fairness, it's been more than that, but I haven't actually launched them all. I've only launched five. I've acquired everything else or partnered with or gained equity through either services or purchases or whatever. So a couple of things that I learned. One is it's way harder to start a company than it is to acquire a company. 
because a lot of the front end work is already done, but typically they've had some either gap in knowledge or a gap in ability. A great example of that would be you might have somebody that's a great artist and they can do the work part, but they don't know how to market or they don't know how to email or they don't know how to implement systems or processes or team. So that's easy one to go in and kind of give them the things that they didn't know. I'm not really a great idea guy for concept of business. Like what is the business going to do? But I've been able to apply the stuff that I do know to existing businesses at a much higher success rate, I would say. But going back to your question, I really use what I learned in the military. Like, for example, the military is designed to be able to pick up and go anywhere in the world to answer any call, any mission, a mission that can't fail, right? In the U.S., we would be really bad off if our military wasn't good at success rate. I wouldn't be happy. Yeah. (laughs) So that's kind of the same mentality that I used being that the way the military is able to deploy so fast is they're able to take different units from different places. They've all been trained the same way. They all understand how we complete the mission, what the mission is, what are the checkpoints that we need to accomplish in order to get to mission success. And then they all know how to work together. And that's what I started doing. I started putting together systems that I could apply across a bunch of different businesses, but they're all run basically the same way so that everybody knows I could take a person from company A and move them temporarily to company B to do the same thing and just do that over and over and over again. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. It's funny, we're working on a very similar process here with our content production. We rebranded my company, I Hear Everything, earlier this year because we've got a network of podcasts and we've got a team of editors, publishers, writers, and you know we're starting to move people from one team to the other to fill gaps and give other people opportunities on some of the more established properties. And that training and assembly line type mentality for us, at least it's like an assembly line has really allowed us to start to think about scale. 
And one of the things I want to ask you about is whether through acquisition, founding companies, you're obviously focusing on a lot of different things all at once. And as an entrepreneur, we always hear the term that the riches are in the niches. And you've got a little bit of a different take here about why you shouldn't niche down. Talk to me about your philosophy for identifying a good opportunity. My phrase is niches are for bitches. And the reason why, <laughs> the reason why I say that is because a lot of the concepts that are in the very famous business books, they were all written in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, a 50-year span. They're still famous today, but they're all working off of a concept of retraining or training people that came from, you know, after World War II or came from big assembly lines that were getting closed down. So they wanted a repeatable process that they could train somebody in like 10 minutes, weld here, 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 and here. And then just the assembly line model, which if you're doing an assembly line, I don't know of too many assembly lines that change often. They're typically process built to give a known result over and over and over again. And the car line at Ford, for example, doesn't change every day. They typically build machines specifically to do one thing, do it really well. And that's the thing about machinery. You either have a piece of machinery that's built to do one thing, do it really, really, really well. And you put that in a series of other machines, you get a known product over and over and over repeatable forever and ever and ever. However, if you try to make a machine do a bunch of different things, it typically doesn't do all of them very well. It does them well enough. So coming from that mentality, all of those business books that everybody raves about and they're on everybody's top 10 list, the thing that they weren't taking consideration is this little invention we have called the internet. And we can prove this over and over and over again. Now we can do things that we just couldn't do before. For example, I can segment audiences. I can do, just as example's sake, I can do a dentist-related video on Facebook and an ad, run them to a dentist-related landing page to a dentist-related email sequence to get people to sign up to go to the dentist's office. Well, now I can exclude those lists. I can change the name from dentist to chiropractor. I can run the same thing and I can make sure the dentist people never see the chiropractor ad and the chiropractor people never see the dentist ad. Well, that means that I don't have to niche down the process of doing ads for dentists or ads for chiropractors or massage therapists or roofers or gyms or whatever. Now I can get one process, which the process is Facebook ad, landing page, email sequence, I can do that and then I can scale that. So I can be the world's best dentist marketer, the world's best chiropractor marketer and so on and so forth. So because we can now segment these audiences, we can use automations, we can use a lot of baseline things to expand over and over and over again. The cool thing about that is legitimately, we can be all things to all people as long as we pick the vertical that, hey, we're gonna run Facebook ads, the landing pages, the email sequences. And I picked that as an example, but it applies to every piece of business now. It's funny. I have this debate in my head. I mentioned I Hear Everything, our let's call it parent company that produces the MarTech podcast. And we have content as a service. It's one of our product lines where we can create a podcast which spins out blog posts, which spins out social media posts that we use to repurpose to create a newsletter, which we then collect data from and we can use to retarget the people that are exposed to our content with performance marketing ads to drive business results for the sponsors. That's the big business model. No secret to anybody who's been listening to this podcast for a while. And I've been focused on finding business verticals and specifically marketing. 
thing. So we've got the MarTech podcast, the Voices of Search, the Revenue Generator podcast, and we've kind of stayed in lines that are tangentially related to marketing, sales and marketing, revenue generation. I want to create a sports podcast. I've actually done it before, but we can use the infrastructure I have, but I'm a little hesitant because it's such a departure from everything else we've been doing in our brand. It seems like your advice is, hey, let's talk some ball and grow another podcast and you can monetize the same way. Don't you feel like it makes a little bit of a mixed message in terms of what the company does or what the brand does? Or is it just we're a production house and that's what it is? Well, I think you're kind of unveiling one of the other secrets, which is you don't have to do everything under the same name. Does Alphabet do everything under the same name? They don't. You don't confuse Google with YouTube, even though they fundamentally do very, very different things. You don't confuse the boring company with Tesla with SpaceX. Throw Twitter in there. Twitter, (laughs) right? And sometimes in certain cases, it's the same people doing it. The engineers that worked on the SpaceX project that also launched the satellites into orbit were some of the same engineers. So do you think that they really cared when they were switching T-shirts between SpaceX and Starlink? Do you think that they really cared? No, as long as they understand what the mission is. So some of that also goes to how fast you can scale when the team has a clear understanding of what the mission is. And if you think bigger, like, for example, if you said to your team, you bring them in tomorrow and you said, hey, not only are we starting a podcast that's sports related, very different from what we're doing right now. We're also going to allow big Fortune 100 companies that don't have podcasts to pay us a million bucks a year just to launch their podcast for them that we're going to run completely in-house. Get ready. You could do it. There's no fundamental difference between you launching somebody else's podcast on their behalf or you serving a client. That actually is the content as a service business line where instead of us creating our own podcasts for ourselves and trying to then go sell advertising, we're using the same infrastructure to create podcasts for other people. But I guess the question is about focus. Well, if I'm trying to serve people that I'm creating the podcast for, that's a different set of requirements than I'm doing them for myself. So when you're thinking about, and you probably know this better than most people, you're split between 41 different companies. How do you maintain focus when you're covering all of these different niches? You don't. See, most people are thinking about working in the business or on the business. And I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to work above the business. I'm trying to be a consultant for my own company. Billy is responsible for the individual podcast. Bobby is responsible for the corporate podcast. And Susie is responsible for the advertisers. So they're focused on their things that all come together to give us the end product of three different things but they all work under, I guess, my purview as I might go work with Billy for a week and say, hey, this is how we can fundamentally make this better. And then I might go work with Bobby and say, this is how we can fundamentally make this better. But my goal is to not be in the day-to-day of anything, but just work as a consultant for my own company. And I'm only in there long enough to help either fix a problem, bring on a new revenue stream, expand the offering, maybe work on the marketing piece, but I'm not trying to work in the day-to-day. So instead of thinking about a vertical, think about it like a tree. At the bottom are the roots. That's all your internal systems and processes. At the top, the branches, the trees are all the things that you can build with it. 
So you put all your businesses up top and all the fundamental roots at the bottom, and then you're expanding the trunk with all of the revenue that it's generating. So the more revenue that you have coming from the roots comes from all the businesses that you have at the top. So if you think about it like that, instead of the assembly line that's vertical and typically small and inside of a warehouse, you can have as many trees as you want. You just got to build the fundamental foundations, which is the root system. And that's all the systems and processes. Here's the cool thing about trees. You can plant a bunch of different trees all over the place and you can grow them as big as you want. I was going to make the joke that the data is the rain where, you know, you need the data to come falling in so you can actually start to figure out what's going on. It helps your roots grow. And, and I'll leave the metaphor there, but a good example. All right. I think there's lots to unpack here. And my takeaway from this conversation is with Patch's theory that when you're building a modern business, you don't have to think about the same type of assembly line. You don't have to niche down into a specific segment. We have the ability to essentially rinse and repeat the same processes for multiple segments, serve different customers with different branding. But the underlying foundation of what you're doing stays primarily the same, which means that modern businesses can scale almost infinitely bigger than some of our predecessors. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Patch Baker, the CEO of Mobius Media Solutions. Join us again tomorrow when Patch and I continue the conversation talking about how you can build your business backwards. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Patch, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit his website, which is patchbaker.com, P-A-T-C-H-B-A-K-E-R.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.